A little more than a year ago, a huge change in trucking happened. That was when federal rules took effect requiring many truckers to do away with paper logbooks and convert to using electronic logging devices to monitor the time they spend behind the wheel. The biggest group that received an extension to this April 2018 ELD deadline were those using automatic onboard recording devices, known commonly as AOBRDs. However, most of them now face a December 16, 2019 deadline to convert to ELDs. That's why we're taking a look at seven things you need to know about the upcoming AOBRD to ELD deadline. Welcome to Eyes on the Road presented by PrePass, the provider of way station bypass and toll payment services. PrePass also includes informed dashboards for improving safety scores and lowering toll-related costs. I'm Evan Lockridge, and thanks for tuning in. Well, after decades of use, the era of paper logbooks for most truck drivers is finally coming to an end. To say the transition from them to ELDs in 2018 was controversial or even chaotic at times would be an understatement. That's because there were many people who waited until the last minute to get an ELD, and they had problems using them to not being able to get one, forcing some off the road for a period of time. With this next deadline of having to switch from AOBRDs to ELDs, some are wondering if chaos will raise its ugly head again. However, if you prepare for this big event, and the sooner the better, chances are going to be much better that this transition will go smoothly. Joining me to talk about seven things you need to know about the upcoming deadline is Dave Oshecki, President and CEO of the Virginia-based advisory firm Scopalitas Transportation Consulting. It's owned by the law firm Scopalitas, Garvin, Light, Hanson & Ferry, which serves transportation clients across the country. Before he joined them, Dave spent 20 years with the American Trucking Associations, where much of his work centered on safety. And before that, he was with the old Office of Motor Carriers at the Federal Highway Administration, which of course preceded the creation of the FMCSA. Dave, it's good to speak with you. Well, great to speak with you, Evan. I appreciate the opportunity here. I've been reading about the upcoming deadline, and it seems that many people don't know whether they have an ELD or an AOBRD, so this seems like a good place to start. What are the major differences in the two devices, and how can people tell which one they have? Well, there, there are some major differences, but it is difficult for, for drivers and others to, to really tell the difference in some cases. Um, you know, some of the, the key differences are on the hardware side, for example the ELD needs to be more portable than the AOBRD in the past had to be. And what that means is the, the ELD rules require the, the device itself, the, the hardware, uh, the equipment, to be capable of being handed out of the window of the, the vehicle uh, to an enforcement officer or an enforcement official. So that's one key difference. The portability has to be uh, capable of being uncradled. But more importantly, the real difference is in the software in the device. And there are some fundamental differences in the software. There has to be some uh, different editing capabilities for the driver. There's a particular format of the record itself that's required for ELDs that was not required for AOBRDs. And what that means is there are really three elements, three looks uh, of the format. There's sort of a header with lots of information in it. Then there's a graph grid looking uh, part of the format, and then there's an event by event description of what happens during a driver's day. That format is for the law enforcement officer, so that's, that's standardized, so that's a key difference. The data transfer and how 
the ELD data is transferred from the device over to uh, an enforcement official, that's different. And again, that's software-driven, software-based. So there's some, some fundamental differences, but not all of them are easily identified. That's why I started out with the hardware, because if the hardware is portable and capable of handled out of the window, it's probably an ELD, uh, although not always the case. So it's a bit unique here. Now, Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration regulations require the use of an ELD that has been self-certified by the manufacturer that it meets government standards. Are there concerns there may be some devices on the market that are not self-certified? And how can people be sure they're purchasing an electronic logging device that is? Self-certification is basically an honor system. And so there are concerns, and there should be concerns in the trucking industry that some of the devices on the self-certified list that FMCSA has on their website may not truly meet the ELD specifications. The reason for that is there are dozens and dozens of ELD suppliers now uh, trying to take advantage of this market opportunity, if you will. And the rules, the ELD rules and the specifications are dense. They're really complex. So if, if an ELD supplier doesn't really have much of a experience or depth in this industry, in the trucking or motor coach industries, you know, it's, it's hard to self-certify properly. So there are probably some devices on the FMCSA self-certified list on their website that are not truly compliant with the ELD. So there, there is an issue there. Um, now, it's difficult to determine that unless you you know hire somebody to really evaluate your device and the software in your device and compare it against the technical specifications it's very difficult for a carrier uh, to truly know if they have a properly self-certified device. So taking a little bit of this on faith. Now, uh, Dave, earlier in the podcast, I mentioned that the switch from paper locks to ELD was a bit chaotic for trucking, in part due to some people waiting until the last minute to get their devices. This time around, I'm hearing a lot of people saying not to wait around until late in the year to convert from AOBRDs to ELDs. Why? Well, basically, it's because the conversion, or, or I like to call the migration from AOBRDs to ELDs, is not as simple as flipping a switch. It really requires a plan uh, in working in the, with the vendor. Uh, the vendor may need to do an over-the-air software update. They may need to you know, change the software physically in the device, so that, that's a part of it. There's fundamental differences, as as we've already discussed, between the AOBRDs and the ELDs. So you need to train the drivers. Carriers need to train office staff and, you know, operations and dispatch staff. And policies need to be put in place. So there's a whole process here. And for a small carrier, that process may not take but, you know, days or a few weeks. For a larger carrier, you know, it could take weeks or months to really do this properly, particularly if there are multiple locations involved and, you know, and a fair number of, of trucks. So uh, it's, it's good to sort of get on the docket with the vendor, with your supplier, schedule your training, you know, make sure you have training materials, uh, you know, and get your plan in place and then execute on the plan. 
So these vendors, bottom line is they have a limited amount of resources and time and people, so don't wait around about converting your AOBRD to an ELD. Good point, Dave. Now let's look at this from a different angle. What about people involved in specialty hauling, such as oil field, agricultural haulers and others, plus truckers from the U.S. that go into Canada? Are ELDs going to be better able to handle their unique needs of these applications and different regulations compared to AOBRDs? Yeah, I, I believe so. Um, the, the ELD rules are clearer, meaning, you know, if, if a driver is exempt, for example, in the agricultural hauling business, the ELD rules make it clear that there there needs to be an exempt driver login ability of the device and the software. So that's, you know, new for the ELDs versus AOBRDs. You know, this, this again, is a market opportunity for a lot of these vendors. So they need to write their software, and many of them have, to accommodate for the various types of operations and the various exemptions in the in the hours of service and the ELD rules. So I think there's a better recognition in the supplier community of the importance of these various segments and the uh, the need to have the ELD software handle the the operations of these different unique trucking companies. Now, it's been a little more than a year since the mandate to switch from paper locks to ELDs took effect as of the time we're talking. Have there been any numbers released since then that show how this has affected hours of service compliance, uh, maybe truck crash data, or any other truck safety statistics? And do you see any change in the numbers once the industry has also transitioned from AOBRDs to ELDs? Uh, We have seen some hours of service compliance data and numbers from the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration. They have a, a, a graphic on their website, it's sort of an infographic, if you will, that shows really three different time periods, you know, pre-ELDs, and then the second time period is post-ELDs during the soft uh, enforcement period. And then the third period is after uh, April 1st of 2018, which is the hard enforcement period for those those companies that had to adopt the ELD. So in those three periods, hours of service compliance by drivers and companies has clearly gotten better. Uh, it has improved, and, and that trend continues. And what's interesting is, interesting to me anyway, and perhaps to others, on the crash data side, on, on the outcomes, hours of service compliance really is a means to an end, right? I mean, it's there. But hopefully the outcome is is a safer driver, a safer trucking company, and overall, you know, safer highways. Those numbers have not been issued by FMCSA. There's been no analysis by the federal agency here. Give us some perspective on that. There was a study released in January of this year, January 2019, by three different universities. They They joined together to analyze crash data, analyze driver behavior. And interestingly, they found, they have found thus far, that the ELD mandate has not had any significant impact on what they call weekly crash counts. They looked at uh, a whole host of weeks over about an 18-month period. And so no significant impact yet on crash counts, although they said unsafe behaviors by certain drivers have actually gone up, meaning speeding, uh, aggressive driving, those types of things. So compliance has gotten better. The outcome of safety has is still you know questionable, although that finding from the university suggest nothing has changed on the on the safe crash data yet. So what's your take, Dave, on these findings or maybe even the lack of findings so far? The FMCSA, if they were respond to respond to this type of question, they'd say, 
Well, crash data takes time for it to come in, for it to be finalized, and for us to analyze it. And all of that is true. But I would add that these universities already looked at the, the same crash data that FMCSA has. They've done uh, the same type of analysis that FMCSA could do. Uh, and they've come to at least a preliminary conclusion thus far under the mandate. I think the industry, by and large, supported the ELD mandate. Compliance is getting better. I think the industry deserves some type of response by FMCSA on, well, what are the crash data? What's the crash data look like? Is it improving or not? And so that type of federal FMCSA analysis, I think, is important and needs to be done and, and issued by that agency. I want to look at this from a fleet manager's perspective. Are there steps fleets need to take ahead of the AOBRD conversion deadline in December when it comes to policies or so-called supporting documents because of the switch to ELDs? The supporting documents part of the ELD rules is pretty clear. In the past, supporting documents, things like fuel receipts and toll receipts and bills of lading, the supporting document category, if you will, under AOBRDs and in the past, has been a little fuzzy. Um, It's now black and white. FMCSA's ELD rules make it very clear what documents are supporting documents and what are not. So companies and carriers need to understand the difference uh, and what it is, how many they have to, to keep, which is up to eight each day. And then they also have an obligation to file them in a, in a way that allows them to easily access them in an audit situation and, and so that they can be compared to an individual driver's ELD record. You know, with all that said, the supporting document rules are now very clear. The, the number and type of supporting documents is clear. And that drives some policy changes potentially within, you know, fleets and fleet operations, as well as some training for drivers. Last thing I'll, I'll point out is that drivers are now under the ELD rules obligated to give any supporting documents that fall within the definition to a roadside inspector if they're asked. That's new. That's never been in the rules before. I'm hearing a number of people, including in trucking as well as transportation officials of the federal government, saying don't expect Uncle Sam to extend the upcoming AOBRD migration to ELD deadline. Do you agree with what they're saying or not, and why? Yeah, I I agree with that. FMCSA has made it pretty clear that they're not going to extend this AOBRD to ELD migration. And I would add to that that the Commercial Vehicle Safety Alliance, the organization that represents the roadside inspecting community, roadside inspectors, they've also said that they do not support uh, any type of extension. And they're a key partner of the FMCSA. So the, the federal government itself, their state partners are all saying the same thing. So that's why it's important if a carrier is still using AOBRDs to really get the plan in place to migrate uh, and migrate soon. Can you recommend any online resources people can go to to read more about the upcoming AOBRD deadline, Dave? Sure. Yeah. You know, a place to start for carriers and drivers is the, the vendor itself, the, the company that has supplied the, the device or the technology. They typically have resources, online resources, as well as, you know, human resources via phone. The FMCSA site, uh, fmcsa.dot.gov, that has a, a you know good amount of information resources. For, and I'll highlight they have a series of frequently asked questions, uh, FAQs document that that is that is quite good. Now it's a little dense, you know, it's almost 30 pages, so you got to take some time to get through it, but it's good. They also have checklists for drivers and motor carriers, so there's some good resources there on the FMCSA site. And I would point to our own site, scopeelitisconsulting.com, under uh, you know news and insights button on our website. We've got some ELD 
related information and migration information and so forth. And there are lots of sites out there, but those are the three that I would highlight. That is Dave Osecki, President and CEO of Scopalitas Transportation Consulting. Dave, thanks very much for the information. My pleasure, Evan. Enjoyed doing it. Thanks for the questions. Okay, we promised you seven things you need to know about the upcoming AOBRD deadline, so quickly let's review. There are differences between AOBRDs and ELDs. Make sure you know which device you have. Number two, make sure the ELD you're using meets federal self-certification requirements. Three, don't wait until near December 16th. That's the AOBRD deadline to get your ELD. Do it now. Four, if you're in a specialty hauling or going to Canada, ELDs can be more help than AOBRDs. Five, there is not a lot of data about ELDs if they've improved safety, but so far it doesn't look like they've hurt safety either. Six, if you're with a fleet, make sure you have clear policies regarding the use of ELDs and outline what supporting documents drivers will need on them when they switch from AOBRDs. Finally, number seven, don't expect the FMCSA to extend the AOBRD to ELD deadline beyond December 16th, 2019. Now, in addition to the resource as Dave Osaki mentioned, you can read more about the upcoming deadline as well as get other trucking news and industry insights on the Prepass website at prepass.com. While you're there, you can also check out the Prepass ELD to see if it's right for you. The Prepass website is also where you can subscribe to this podcast or listen to previous installments as well as through a number of other podcast services. You can also keep up with Prepass online through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Finally, if you've got a question or comment or topic suggestion for this podcast, send us an email at podcast at prepass.com. This has been Eyes on the Road presented by Prepass, the provider of way station bypass and toll payment services. Prepass also includes informed dashboards for improving safety scores and lowering toll-related costs. I'm Evan Lockridge, and thank you for listening, and be sure to keep your eyes on the road.